Welcome to Spanish Church. Is the phone ringing? Is that God calling? But welcome to Spanish Church where none of us know how to speak Spanish, but we love Spanish music. Amen. Thank you. But uh, what you say, well, what's that all about? Well, let me uh, say a few things, and then I want to dive into what that's all about. Uh, first off, I want to say um, thank you for being here. Many of you are our guests, and uh, my name is Bo Haig, and I'm the pastor here at Thousand Hills, and I'm so thankful that you decided to join us on this cool, uh, brisk morning. How many of you guys got up, and it was like uh, below 20? Anybody get up and below 20? Yeah, a few of you. It was 27 as I was driving in uh, this morning, so it was a chilly morning, so thank you for getting out of your warm bed and not settling for pastor pillow and sister sheets and actually coming to church today, and so we welcome you today. Uh, one of the announcements I want to make is uh, we have a gal in our church who uh, feels called to use her gifts and her talents for the glory of the Lord, and we want to obviously give her an opportunity to do that. So Sierra, raise your hand right here. See Sierra? Yeah, give it up for Sierra. She has a talent for uh, photography, a talent for, you know, using cameras and all that stuff. And so we want to utilize her talent uh, for the glory of God. And so if you see her walking around, she is taking pictures for us. It's not, she's not an insurance company trying to make sure we're not breaking the rules or anything like that. Uh, She's not trying to, you know... Figure out if you're, you know, a thief or not. And she's not doing any of those things. But if you do have a warrant out for your arrest, you might wear a hat. (laughs) Because we are taking pictures. But anyways, uh, she's using her gift for the glory of God. So as she walks around, you just feel free to smile at the camera or just ignore the camera. Uh, But we're obviously going to use these pictures uh, on social media. That We're going to use them for things uh, so we can reach more people for Jesus. So you cool with that? I'm cool with it. Well, here's the thing. A few weeks ago, I started a series called Juntos. It's not Juntos, it's Juntos. Um, and you say, well, what does that mean? Well, the actual word means together. Together. And so uh, I'll read you the lyrics to the song that you just heard. The chorus says this. And if today is the last day of my life, I will give it everything. We are one as we walk in this world. There is nothing that we can't do what? Together, together. Here's the awesome thing. Many of you guys haven't been to our church uh, before or you're maybe just new to our church. Here's what I want you to realize. God has done some amazing things through our church. Amen. That's a cool thing. God has done some amazing things. There are people in our church that didn't go to church for the last 20 years and now they're coming to our church. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
Uh, we've created a welcoming environment where anybody can walk in, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, you are welcome here. And we've created that, that atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've seen, uh, you know, lots of people come to our church and because of the truth of God's word, because of the love that they feel in this place, their marriages are totally different. And some of their marriages have been saved through the power of God at work in our church. How cool is that? Can we give the Lord a hand for that? And I, I'm just telling you, we have guests every week at our church. And, and many of you guys, maybe you didn't go to church anywhere else. But I'm just telling you, as a pastor and as a guy who's been to a lot of churches, that is a gift and a blessing from God to have guests coming every week. It's pretty amazing. I think last week we gave away eight guest boxes to people that came to our church for the very first time. Pretty awesome. But here's the thing, the most exciting part about all that God's done through us together is this. We've seen hundreds of people give their life to Jesus Christ and be baptized. How cool is that? Yeah. And even last week, uh, my friend Tony came and uh, spoke to you guys while Heather and I were uh, away. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. One of the girls uh, that came to church last week gave her life to Jesus even this last week. And that is an amazing, amazing thing. So, yeah. You say, well, what's the point? Well, I want you to see what God's done through us together and how he's used our church. But here's what else I want you to realize. God is not through with us yet. Listen, you still have a breath because God wants you to be on this earth. Some of you are here today and you wished you were in heaven. Listen, God's not through with you yet. He has something that he has in store for you. And I believe that he wants to use you through the through this church. And through Thousand Hills. And so God is not done. And God still has work for us to do together. Together we want to make a difference. And so if we're going to continue to make an impact in our world. In our community. In Woodward. In all the towns around us. Listen. We have to do it together. And we have to understand. Excuse me. We have to understand who we are as a church. And what God has called us to do together. Last time we were to, together, I said together a lot. That's the theme of the message, so I'm going to keep saying it. But anyways, last time we were together, I shared with you uh, uh, the first point of this series. And the first point of this series is, together we have a mission. Together we have a mission. And I unveiled a new mission statement that God has, has given our church. It's uh, easier to remember. You guys uh, will hopefully be able to memorize it and be able to, to you know, share with people what our mission is as a church. And this is it. You ready? We lead people to ride for Christ. You say it with me. Ready? We lead people to ride for Christ. Now more than four of you say it with me. We lead people to ride for Christ. Here's the thing. We together, we together as a church are going to lead people. We're not going to force them. We're not going to make them do anything. We are going to lead them by grace and truth to the, to the Savior of the world. We're going to lead them to ride for Christ. And you say, well, what does ride mean? Well, that means we're going to teach them to be active in their faith. You can't ride a horse and just sit there, right? 
You got to actually move. I mean, sitting on a horse is one thing, but riding a horse is an action. And we want to lead people to live out their faith in an active way, not be complacent, not just, you know, go through the motions of going to church, not be religious. We want them to actually have a faith that is real. And so we're going to lead people to ride for Christ. And that is the the biggest part of it. It's obviously for Christ. It's not for me. It's not for anybody else. It's for Christ. And so that is our mission. You say, what is the mission? Well, a mission is what we do. Right? Remember this? It's actually what we do. A purpose is why that we do it. And you say, well, how do we know what our, our purpose is? Well, we've created a thousand hills code and it is the reasons why we ride for Christ. You can grab one of those out on the guest bar and, and learn some about our code that we ride by. Again, biblical values that we use to fulfill our mission. You say, well, what are some of them? Well, we, we, you know, why do we lead people to ride for Christ? Because we ride for Jesus Christ's brand. We ride for his brand. It's for his glory that we do what we do. Why else do we do it? We ride for the unchurched. We're going to reach unchurched people. We're going to do things that no one else is doing to reach people that no one else is reaching. Amen? Yeah. I mean, that's why we meet in a cell barn where you have the smell of money all around. Right? That's, I mean, why we don't pass an offering plate. We don't do those things because we want to reach unchurched people. Right? And so we ride. You say, why do we lead people to ride for Christ? Because we want to ride for the unchurched. We want to tend to the herd. We want to ride new trails. And one of the, the coolest values that we ride by, and this, this is where I want to go today, is that we ride to be generous. We ride to be generous. And you say, what does that mean? Well, we say that we ride by the code that believes that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20, 35. Um, and to do that, I want to give you an example of how we do this. I'm going to ask all my staff, uh, not my staff, our staff. They're, they're all my personal assistants. <laughs> um, but anybody that gets paid full time, you guys come down here. I know we have a lot of volunteers, we have a lot of team leaders, and they're all volunteers, and we appreciate them, and uh, we've shown them appreciation, but these are the guys that, and gals that get paid to actually do what they do through our church. Um, Olivia, David, Patrick, and Rachel, Jeannie is out of town today, my wife is out of town today, but these are our paid staff that get paid to do what they do. And here's the cool thing, they are the ones that ride point... In our church, in other words, they lead our church so that you can have such an amazing experience at our church. So I want you to give them a hand. Yeah. And here's what I want to say. And I've said this in the other service as well. I want to thank you guys personally. On, On behalf of myself and my wife, Heather, I want to thank you guys personally because you guys are doing an amazing, amazing job. I love you. I'm going to say it again. I know I've already said it, but I love you and I care for you. And I know that God is is working through your lives because we see it right here. You can see all the people. And so because of that, we don't give Christmas bonuses. We give thanks for giving bonuses. Um, And we like to do this because Black Friday is next week. And so they can (laughs) spend the money, you know, and, and save a little. So anyway, so... That was spiritual right there. That was spiritual. Anyways, uh, so we like to give them a gift uh, to say thank you for all that they do. And uh, we just want to say 
we appreciate you guys very much. Now, let me say this, and some of you guys are like, what do you give them? Well, we give them a little check, right? We give them a little something they can spend, but this year we've given them something even more special than money could ever buy, and that is tickets to see George Strait. <laughs> On June the 5th, it's a Friday night, we got them tickets if they're married, we got their spouse's tickets as well, and so they get to go see George Strait on you guys. So you guys applaud them. So thank you guys so much. I love you guys. I want to hug it out. Even though it's bros, I'm hugging. <laughs> and ladies, thank you guys so much. Olivia, thank you. Give them another hand as they sit down. You bet. Hi, everybody. Um, I don't speak in front of crowds much, so bear with me. Um, God kind of laid this on my heart uh, to share with you guys. Um, a lot of you may know that I have some physical issues. Um, I have problems with my hips and my back, and so I'm not able to make it to church nearly as often as I would like. Um, but Bo and Heather and our staff and our leaders, they are absolutely amazing. They are compassionate and loving and encouraging, and they work around my disabilities and limitations to allow me to use the gifts and talents that God blessed me with to serve him, to serve all of you, uh, through our amazing church. And I am just honored and thankful to be a part of what God is doing for and through Thousand Hills. So thank you. Thank you. Good job. Rachel does an amazing job with our, she's our church treasurer, our office manager. If you talk to anybody on the phone, it's usually her. So she does an amazing job. So thank you for that. Well, here's the thing. One of the coolest things, again, and, and one of the coolest topics that I love to talk about is generosity. It's generosity, and again, I, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit different, but I've bought into this whole idea that it is more blessed to give than to receive. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you've experienced it, but it is. Um, and uh, so we love talking about generosity in our church, um, and here's why. Here's, because we want you to experience that same uh, blessing that God gives all of us when we are generous back to Him. Now, here's the thing. Thanksgiving is a perfect opportunity for us to talk about generosity. Um, more people are probably more thankful around Thanksgiving, around Christmas or whatever. Maybe, you know, the road rage isn't as bad. You know what I'm saying? So you guys guilty of that? Road rage? Anybody? Anybody? Never mind. <laughs> this is confession time. I'm a priest. Just go ahead. I'm just kidding. I'm not. Um, but anyways... So, you know, some of the road rage is less. Maybe somebody's more willing to buy your lunch after dinner. I'm going to Ramirez, by the way. But anyway, I'm just playing. But uh, so some people are more generous, you know, buying meals. Some people let you cut in line, you know, or whatever, unless it's Black Friday, and then they'll run you over, you know. But Thanksgiving is a time where we are more generous, Right? Uh, Christmas is a time. I mean, you showed your generosity through Operation Christmas Child. Over 50-something boxes going to be able to give, you know, kids, uh, you know, a present that they've never had before. I mean, your generosity is awesome. But here's the thing. I don't like it when we are only thankful and when, you know, even our world is only thankful for one month. And, and the thing about Thanksgiving is a lot of times it gets mowed over by Christmas. Anybody notice that? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so, but, so here's what I've uh, made a goal of our church. 
I want us, I want our church to be generous, not just around Thanksgiving, not just in the certain seasons where gratitude is the attitude, right? I want us to be generous year round. That is a goal of ours. And here's the cool thing. I believe that we have done a great job at being generous to our community. And that happens because of what you do. Um, here's, here's what I desire. I don't want to be, you know, generous or I don't want generous to be what we do. I want it to be who we are, who we are, right? I'll give you a few examples of how we are able to do this through, you know, your generosity. Um, I talked to Jackie. Jackie was in the early uh, gathering this morning, uh, but she takes care of all the, the care line. And so if you call in, let's say somebody calls in and needs help with, uh, you know, paying the bills or whatever it is, she takes care of that. Does an amazing job with that, and she actually enjoys it, um, which is an amazing thing because it can wear you plumb out when you deal with people that are in need, 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 all that stuff. But she does an amazing job with it. And, and I asked her, I said, tell me a few stories that you've been able to be generous to people lately. And she told me a story about a single mom just the other day that she had a new place that she could live with her three kids. Single mom didn't have you know a whole lot of money to her name, but Jackie was able to take her to Walmart and take her down the aisles and say, you just pick out whatever you want. You, you buy these plates, you buy this silverware, you buy this food, you pick out whatever you want, and we're going to be able to help you get into your new place and actually enjoy it with your three kids. How cool is that? I mean, that is amazing. I mean, I'm telling you, you need to join that team and help Jackie with all that because she gets calls daily. I'm not just weekly, daily for people in need. And we are able to be generous toward those people. I mean, we've been able to fix people's cars. We've been able to, you know, uh, there was a guy, he was a, you know, a flood victim and he came all the way to Woodward. We were able to put him up in a hotel for as long as he needed and then pay his bus ticket back to Houston until he got his stuff figured out. You know, I mean, we've been able to meet the needs of people because we are a church that is going to be generous. And, and here's the, here's the cool thing about it. I, you know, we can accomplish so much more together than we could ever do alone. You ever think about that? I mean, you can. I mean, you work together and you can accomplish so, so much more. And so the second part of writing together to fulfill God's mission is this. Together we are generous. Together we are generous. And like I said, at Thousand Hills, we have a reputation of being generous. I mean, you can talk to people even maybe on the streets and they're going to tell you, yeah, I've heard of that church. That church helped me out. Whether it's giving to the poor, whether it's, uh, you know, feeding the hungry or clothing people or helping people when the fires hit and people lost things. I mean, through our church and through your generosity, we've been able to meet the needs of not only, listen to this, this is the cool part, not only the people in our church that come to our church, but people that we've never met that have never walked through the doors of our church. To me, that's the cool thing. I mean, we're going to meet the needs of our people because we obviously know them and we can help them. But we want to meet the needs of everybody, not just people that, again, go to church or, you know, believe what we believe or whatever else. And so I can't tell you how many times people have stopped me and said, man, thank you for helping. Thank you for being a generous church. Those people that deal with, uh, you know, some needs all week, every week, uh, you know, Salvation Army, all those, pl- you know, places, the shelter for women, all those places. Again, I, through your generosity, we've been able to help them meet the needs of other people. And so here's what I want to say before I want to tell you a little bit more. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Because none of this would be possible without your giving. Um, and one of the ways that obviously we're generous is we give our tithes. We give back to the Lord a portion of what he has given to us. Now, here's the sobering part. And here's where maybe you need to pick up your feet because it's going to step on your toes a little bit. All the things that we've been able to do in our church are because there are less than half the people in our church giving a tithe. (laughs) How's that for a guilt trip? But let me say it again. We did some research, and there is about 38% of our church that give their tithe. The rest maybe don't. And you say, well, what are you trying to make me feel guilty? No, here's the point. Here's where I want to go today about generosity. Imagine what we could do if everybody did. (laughs) I mean, we've done hundreds of things, thousands of things to be able to minister to people. Imagine what we could do if everybody was generous. And you say, well, what, what, what could we do? I mean, what would happen if everyone was generous back to God? Here's the answer. You ready? God would be more generous to us. And that's the bottom line. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Well, listen to the scripture. 2 Corinthians 9 says this. And you, some of you guys can relate to this because you're farmers. Ready? Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a what? A small crop. <laughs> Some of you guys are, you know, this is connecting with you as you plant seeds. But, you know, you'll get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a what? A generous crop. You must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Again, don't don't give in to pressure. Or don't give in because of the pressure. But listen to this. For God loves a loves a person who is, who what? Gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor and their good deeds will be remembered forever. Forever. You say, what's the bottom line? The bottom line is this. When you sow generously, guess what? You're going to reap generously. It's not a preacher talk. It's not like, hey, I'm going to get rich. No, God says, hey, check this out. You give generously back to me. You give your 10% of your income back to me. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you more than you could ever imagine. More than you could ever imagine. And so if you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. And so I thought about this the other, you know, just the other day. And here's what I want you to, to realize. When it comes to talking about money, it's a touchy subject in a lot of churches. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, it's kind of touchy, right? But here's the thing. I always want it to be touchy. I do. And you say, well, why? Why wouldn't you want everybody to just enjoy when you talk about money? Here's why. Because most of the time, the people that are touchy about money are people that are unchurched, that haven't been in church forever. And if those people aren't in our church and it's not touchy, then we're not reaching the people that God has called us to reach. Are you with me? So you say you want it to be touchy. You want, you know, this to be kind of a, you know, little, you know, sketchy where people start sweating and they start thinking about why is the preacher talking about money? Yes, because I want unchurched people in the seats. 
And here's the cool thing about it. You may think, well, the preacher is going to ask for my money. No, listen, I'm going to get to some of these, these things that maybe you're thinking. But, he, but here's the truth. We want you to experience the blessings of God. And that comes through being generous to Him. Amen? And that said, if we're going to be generous together, here's the main point that I want to touch on today. You ready? We have to stop believing the liar If we're going to be generous, we have to stop believing the liar. And you say, well, who's the liar? Well, it's not the preacher. Some of you guys are like, yes, he is. He's a liar. But, but it's not the preacher. It's actually the devil. And some of you guys are like, well, you're pretty close. You're pretty close. No, listen, it's the devil. And you say, well, how do you know he's a liar? Well, listen to the scripture. John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for the truth is what? For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the Father of lies. The devil is the liar. And listen to this. One of the sneakiest ways that he deceives us is when it comes to money. He's a sneaky liar when it comes to money. And so today, guess what? I'm going to expose some of his lies. You ready? Here's the first lie. The first lie is this. The preacher wants my money. The preacher just wants my money because he wants to build a nice house and he wants to drive a fancy truck. That's actually not true. I just want to buy nice jackets because I have a jacket fetish. I'm just confessing. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, the preacher just wants my money. That is a lie from the devil. And you say, well, you're the preacher. Sure, you're going to teach this. Well, here's what I've learned. The church needs your money and, and you know, to fulfill our mission. But I can promise you this. Our church walks in integrity and walks with accountability. You can ask every one of our staffs, have I ever signed a check? No. Have I ever counted the money? No. Do I handle all the money when it leaves this place? I don't. You know who does our payroll at our church? Professional accountants. They are the ones who print the checks. They are the ones who do the taxes. They are the ones who do all of that. We print the checks at our treasurer's office, and then those checks are signed by someone besides me, and we have three or four check signers, and then those checks are dispersed throughout to pay the bills and pay the staff. We have professionals that decide that. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good accountability. Um, and so we try to do our best to walk in integrity, to lead with impeccable integrity. And let me tell you the things that I would want to hear if I weren't the preacher. You ready? Here's what I want you to know. I don't need your money. Now, some of you guys are thinking, well, is he rich? <laughs> Does he have a lot of oil wells? No, I don't. But I don't need your money. Here's why. God takes care of me because I give not because you give. See, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I can go to bed at night knowing that God's going to take care of my needs, not because you give, but because I give. God says, Bo, if you'll give a portion of your money, if you'll give that 10% first to me, guess what? I'm going to meet every need that you have. Not, hey, if the church gives 10%, then Bo, you're going to get paid. If they don't, then you're not going to get paid or you're not going to have your needs met. It's, it's not that way. I don't need your money. 
God wants your heart. He wants your tithe so that he can be a blessing through our church. And here's the other thing that I want you to know. On my own, I have no authority to tell you how to spend your money. I have no authority to do that. But I'm not on my own. (laughs) Right? I have the truth and the power of the holy word of God on my side. And so everything that we teach you today, everything that you're going to learn about money, listen, it is all based in the truth and the power of the word of God. And listen, if God has something to say about a topic, we're never going to avoid that topic because it brings glory to him and it sets you free. Why would we avoid it? And so I don't, I don't need your money, um, you know, and on my own, I can't, you know, tell you how to spend your money. And here's the third thing that I want you to know. I'm not going to beg for your money. I hate begging preachers. I don't know if you've ever heard them, but I, you know, they just beg, beg, beg every day, every time, every, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to beg for your money. I'm going to pe- I'm going to preach the truth unapologetically. And then you get to decide whether you want to be obedient or not. Amen. That's the way it's supposed to work. I'm going to preach the truth. If I wasn't preaching the truth, then I would be a fool and I would be disobedient. And so I'm going to preach the truth and I'm going to let you decide. Here's the other thing that some of you guys might be thinking. Well, Bo, you're an idiot, dude. I mean, every time you preach, some of you guys are like, we're thinking that. How did he know that I was, you know, thinking that? But Bo, you're an idiot. Why would you preach about money? Don't you know that could split the church? Don't you know that people are going to leave? Don't you know that those guests aren't going to come back? No, here's, I'll give you a statistic. Here's another one. I preached four weeks on money uh, a year or so ago. And guess what happened after I preached four weeks about money? Our giving doubled. (laughs) So you say, well, you better not do it. Everybody's going to leave and nobody's going to get it. Nobody's going to care. No, listen, our, our giving doubled the last time that I preached these truths. You know why? Because people began to trust God and they began to realize that he's not out to get them. He doesn't want them to go without. He actually wants to meet their needs and maybe even give them some of the things that they want. <laughs> and so, again, that, I, those are things that I would I would want to hear. Now, you say, well, you know, I don't necessarily believe you because you're the preacher. Well, we did an interview with an amazing couple in our church. I don't know if Grace is, Grace, Vic and Grace, are you here today? Hey, there you are right there. Vic and Grace were, you know, they were kind enough to let me come to their home and interview them. And, and they have an amazing story. If you have questions about money, they are doing it right. And so I want you to listen to their words and take this in. Ready? Go. I'm Vic Moyer, and this is my wife, Grace Moyer. Don't just give to a preacher or a church because the preacher or the church is not what's going to get you into heaven. God is going to, and if you give to Him, you're not worried about where it goes or, or what's done with it. God knows what's best, and and that's why it's it's a lot Grace taught me a long time ago that you're not giving to an organization or whatever. You're giving to God. And and that is the helped me a lot to start becoming a very cheerful giver. And then, um, you know, I prayed that um, I would be, that the Lord would use us. Even when I was single, I prayed the Lord would use me to be a channel for his blessing. And that he would be able to trust me in finances. So 
when I give, the Lord is the one that provides the resources, money, the vehicle that was given away, the furniture we've donated. He provides the resources. So we're just a vessel to be able to bless somebody else with. So it's like um, we had a bunch of extra furniture when we moved here. And it's like, Lord, what do you want? Who needs furniture? What do you want us to do with it? Do you want us to sell it? So it's like, maybe we should sell it. And I'm like, well, let's pray about giving it away. (laughs) So I said, well, let's just pray about it. So we decided to give it to um, Northwest Domestic Crisis. And they were like really grateful. So what got in my mind, what he did was we're just, he just gave it to us because he know we will do his bidding with it. He said, here, I'm going to bless you all so you can be a blessing to other people. So the Lord is the one that gives us the resources. So we give back to him. It's like the church or a preacher or a person wasn't the one that gave me the money to give to bless somebody with. God gave it to me. So it's like giving back to him. So we're like. I like the idea of being a channel for his blessing. Pretty awesome. Give him a hand. Woo! <clears throat> that's, that's an amazing word because here's, here's the truth that you heard just now. When you give your money, you're not giving to me. Because uh, here's the cool thing. Here's the thing. I didn't give you what you, you have. God did. God has given you everything that you have. Every dime that you made, he's given it to you. Every breath that you take, he's given it to you. Every piece of clothing, he's given it to you. So don't give to the church or to the preacher. Give it back to God and God is going to bless your gift. And just like Grace said, when you sow the seed, God's going to work. He's going to do something amazing. So this, the first lie is, again, the preacher just wants my money. And we just, you know, I don't know if I should give to the preacher. Well, don't give to the preacher. Give it back to God. Here's the second lie. Talking about money in church is wrong. How many of you guys have ever thought that? Anybody ever thought that? Yeah, so you guys are scared because I'm standing here. Yeah, a little kid thought it. But, you know, some people, they, they, you know, talking about church, you know, money in church, that's just wrong. I mean, you shouldn't talk about money. Listen, it's a lie. I, here's what I think. I believe that if Jesus were to um, be here in our church for more than a few weeks, guess what he would talk about? At least one of the topics, money. He did it time and time again in the scripture. Um, his own words in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, again, it says, it is more blessed, Jesus said, to give than to receive. To receive. The Bible talks a lot about money. I'll, I'll prove it to you. I, I looked up some stats. And here's the thing. 16 out of the 38 parables in the Bible, and you say, what's a parable? It's actually a story that Jesus told. 16 out of the 38 parables are about money. Here's another thing. One out of ten verses in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the four Gospels in the, in the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One out of ten verses in the Gospels deals directly with money. I'll give you another one. Over 500 verses, there's only, only 500 verses on faith and prayer. But there are more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. So you say, well, no, that's wrong, man. Why are you talking about money in church? <laughs> really? Well, the Bible talks a lot about it. So why would I not talk about it? Why would I want you to miss out on what God has for you? And so Proverbs 35, it says this. It says, every word of God is what? It's flawless. In other words, you can trust it. 
He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And so because every word of God is flawless, we're going to teach every word of it. And we're going to trust God's word when he talks about money. Here's the third lie that I think a lot of people have. You ready? And they believe this. Here, here it is. I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to give. I mean, I got these bills. I got this. I got that. Listen, here's what I always tell people when they say that. You can't afford not to tithe. (laughs) I mean, again, here's what I've learned. The benefits to tithing will far outweigh the sacrifice of tithing. Amen? It's just the truth. And there are financial benefits because, again, God provides for every need. But there's also intangible benefits. And so listen to Vic and Grace again on this topic. Well, the Bible says in Malachi, try me. He said, so when you're on the fence and you're like, should I, shouldn't I? And God's saying, try me. Try me and see if I'll open up a window of heaven and bless you. Just try me. (laughs) So those are his words. I realize so covenant. Those are his words. New Covenant talks about all the blessings we get from giving. So um, by faith, try it. That's how I started. I started giving out of obedience because it was told to me I was supposed to do it and give a tenth. So I said, all right, it's going to be hard, but let me do it. And now it's out of worship and adoration and love. But I tried it because I had preachers challenge, challenge you. You've done that. Yeah, he, You've challenged us. I give you your money back. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so you're like, try him. And so, um, that's what I would, if people are on the fence, that's what I would say. I would say, I would say try them. And, and I would say start with, um, something you can give cheerfully. That's what Um, I was going to say. Yeah. Try it, but start with something that you have no regrets about giving $20, whatever. Start and, and give it with a, a happy heart and, I'll guarantee you it, it won't be long and the blessings you'll you'll realize it was the right thing to do. But yeah, I agree. Just just try it. And start with something that's very comfortable and please don't ever start by regretting it. <laughs> you know, don't because that's not going to work to start with. And then I think um, be real with God. <clears throat> Say, Lord, you know, I don't get this tithing thing and I don't know how I'm going to make it because I've been there too. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. Um, but you know what? I'm going to pray over this money and I'm going to give it. And it seems like it's sacrificial at this moment, but I'm thankful for it. You know, I'm thankful that you provided it. And then, um, and I thank you. You'll multiply this seed on myself and just be grateful. And I'll be my encouragement and try it. Try to always pray over the seed when you give it. And do it with a happy heart. If you thank them for it, it helps me. I'm thankful to have a happy heart. You just get peace in your heart. I mean, it's just total peace and comfort. And you can handle a lot more stuff when, you, when you've when you got the feeling when you're giving. That's I mean, it's not something you can say or count or whatever, but it's a, a great feeling. Yes, it's like the reward of obedience. Because when you know the Lord wants you to give a certain thing and you obey Him, He just gives you a confidence in Him um, that you wouldn't normally have. And we need that kind of confidence in this world that we can trust Him and count on Him um, and a peace and just that assurance that you did the right thing. You know, because 
you know, the enemy's always trying to get us off track. But when you know that you did what God wanted you to do, um, and he's blessed you to see it and do it, you do get a sense of joy and peace and um, and faith. Or your faith increases. Good stuff, yeah. Here's the cool thing about what Grace said, and she quoted to Malachi 3. And in, in Malachi 3, God says, test me. Listen to the, listen to the verse in, in verse 10. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And God is talking here. And then he says what? What's the two words? Test me in this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out what? So much blessing that there will be no, or there will not be room enough for you to store it. Did you hear God's, God himself says, hey, bring back your 10%, bring back your tithe to me, bring it back and, and test me on this. And guess what? I'm going to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And you said, Bo, am I going to get rich if I do this? Probably not. But you will be rich in the intangible things that, that only God can give you and that money cannot buy. Did you hear? Peace. You're going to be able to lay your head at night going, I, I've obeyed God. And you're not feeling guilty about you know not living for God. Those intangible things, those are what it's all about. And you say, well, you know, Bo, you know, so we can't lose? Well, we've, we've made our own guarantee at Thousand Hills. Are you ready for this? Some of you guys have seen this before, but it's the three-month tide challenge. And here's what we say. You give, you fill this card out and let us know that you're giving for three months and you're going to test God on this. You give for three months, give 10% of your income for three months. And if God doesn't meet every need that you have, need, if he doesn't meet every need that you have, then we will give you your money back. It's a, it's a, it's a guarantee. And, and can I, I'll just, I'll just take it a step further. You ready? This is how much I believe that God wants to bless you through the tithe. Here's, here's what I want to say. You say, but I don't know if, I don't know if I can trust that. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'll, I'll do that, but here's what I want. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Don't give it to our church. Give it to another church. Yeah. I mean, again, we're going to guarantee that God is going to bless you and meet every need that you have. And if you give 10%, not just to our church, but if you give it to another church for the next three months, and then you say, okay, I'm going to give it to, I believe God now, and I'm going to give it to, you know, this church, then that's great. But if you, again, I, I want to guarantee it, but even not guarantee it that you, because you gave it to our church, give it to another church. And see if God doesn't meet every need that you have. And so don't believe the lie that says, you know, I can't afford not to tithe. Or I can't afford to tithe. You know, I mean, it's just a lie from the devil. Here's the fourth one and I'm done. You ready? Here's the fourth lie. My lie or my little tithe won't make a difference. How many of you guys have ever thought that? Anybody ever thought that? Yeah. Our little tithe, I mean, the little money that I make, it's not going to make a difference. I can tell you that that is a lie from the devil. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Listen to what God can do. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his what? His mighty power at work within us to, to accomplish what? Infinitely more than we might ask or think. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, man, I don't know, my little tithe, it's not going to make a big difference. Did you hear what God can do? 
I mean, God can do infinitely more than we might ask or think. We just have to be obedient and bring back our, you know, gift, our generosity back to Him. And He can work, you know, all the details out. You say, I don't know if I, you know, believe that. Well, listen to this story in John chapter 6. Listen to this. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee. Also to the Sea of Tiberias, a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. So here's Jesus on a mountain, right? With his disciples. And listen to what he says. It was nearly uh, time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Jesus is kind of sneaky. Listen to what else he did. He said he already, I already, knew, he already knew what he was going to do. Verse 7, Philip re- replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? What good is it with this huge crowd? And then Jesus said, well, tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000 men. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. After he did that or did the same with the fish and they all ate as much as they wanted. And after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five Barley loaves. What a miracle. You say, oh no, I don't think God can bless my fish. I don't know that he can use my five loaves of bread. I don't know that he can use my, you know, 10%. I don't know that he can use what I'm giving. Listen, God can do whatever the heck he wants to do. And a lot of times he uses our little to bring about a lot of miracles. Amen? That's just what he does. And you say, well, what do we have to do? Well, we have to be generous back to God. Because God has been generous to us, we have to be generous back to to God. And here's what I want to close with. We have to stop believing these lies. These are just a few of the devil's lies. But we have to stop believing these lies and, and start being obedient to what God has for us. Here's what happens. When you believe the lies, guess what? The devil steals your blessing. He steals it. And when you believe the lies and you don't give because you think the preacher just is wanting all your money or you can't afford to tithe and all these other lies, listen, he wins. The devil wins. And you lose. And so listen, please know that at our church, we are going to ride to be generous. And together, we desire to be generous. Not for our own sake, but for the glory of God and the good of others. The good of others. Amen? I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Many of you, again, maybe you're here today for the first time and you're like, man, I came on the day the preacher talks about money. Can I just tell you? You're welcome. 
you're welcome. Because here's why. I want you to experience the freedom that I've experienced. I want you to experience the blessings that I've experienced and that many of the other people in this room have experienced. And so we will never apologize for preaching the truth of God's word. But here's what I want you to hear. No matter if you give a dime ever to this church, you belong here. And you say, I've never given a dime to God. I've never, you know, done anything, you know, as far as tithing. Listen, you're always going to be, you're always going to belong here. But as your pastor and as your friend and as just a cowboy who just loves you, listen, I want you to experience all that God has for you. And so I'm telling you today, if you'll be generous to God, he'll be generous to you. If you'll be obedient to God, not only in your tithing, but in every area of your life, God is going to take care of you. He's going to provide everything that you need. And you say, I don't have enough. I, I can't even pay the bills. Listen, we'll help you pay your bills. You just be obedient to God. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, how many of you guys have ever believed one of the lies that I talked about? Would you just raise your hand? How many of you guys have ever believed the lies that I just talked about? Yeah, all over the barn. Thank you for being honest. Listen, I hope that today that you've been set free from those lies. And I hope that today you'll make a commitment to the Lord to begin to be obedient with your tithe. Again, you say, well, it's not big. I don't make much money. No, listen, it doesn't matter. God will turn your little into something big. You just have to be obedient to him. Again, some of you are here today and you need to make that commitment. And here's what I would ask you to do. And here's what I think God would ask you to do. Maybe you need to confess to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness and say, you know what, Lord? Maybe you just need to pray something like this. Lord, I I know that I've believed the lies of the devil. I know I've looked at, you know, maybe certain ministries or preachers that have taken advantage of a church. And I know that can happen anywhere. That's why I'm, I've never given. But today I'm making a commitment to give back to you the tithe from the money and the gifts and the resources and the talents that you've given me. Listen, I hope that you made that commitment today. And here's the cool thing about it. When you do that, not only can we reach the people that we've already reached, we can reach twice as many. When our church, everyone in our church is giving generously back to God, Again, God's going to be more generous to us and we are going to be more generous to the community. We're going to be more generous to those in need. We're going to be able to meet more needs all across the world. We're going to be able to to bless our staff like we did today. We're going to be able to hire more staff so that we can reach more people. We're going to be able to build our buildings so that we can have our own barns for our own family. And we can begin to reach more unchurched people through those barns. And so my prayer is that you would realize that this church is going to be generous. That's just going to be who we are. And we want you to be a part of that. We want to do that together. And so thank you for your commitment today. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to preach the truth of God's word. And and I thank you that you have set me free by allowing me to bring back my tithe and, and experience your blessing. 
And so, Lord, I pray today that everybody in this room, everybody that listens online, maybe they don't even go to our church, but they listen online and they listen all across the world. I pray that they would begin to be obedient, to give the tithe and bring back a portion of what you've given to us. And so, Lord, we pray that and we believe that and we thank you for being generous toward us. Help us to be generous to the world. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.